forward about this. Absolutely. So we're on. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so much for waiting. I know I skipped last week. I had a whole bunch of shit to do. But we are back for the second season. And I have a very old friend of mine, actually a high school buddy of mine, Mr. Daniel Nixon, Luda Nix, as I mentioned in previous episodes. Um, Daniel, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate it, man. Uh, um, good shout. We definitely are old friends. Very old like, friends. Not old in the sense of our age, hopefully, but old. Like, we go back to grade nine, which is like 14 years old. So if you actually do the math, that's what that's is that, like in 20, 20 years. 20 years? 22 well, years. 36. 22 yeah, right. years. 22 that's like 22 years, years ago. <laughs> math, Crazy, was right? that, math was not my strongest no, not after, strong after, point after grade 10, after that first joint. No, I'm honored, man. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, just a little bit of a backstory, how we met, and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and where you are now. Okay, cool. So, grew up with uh, with uh, Johnny in the lovely neighborhood of Westboro. Um, we didn't actually cross paths until grade 9 when I went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a different, essentially, like elementary and middle school were you st joe's i was st joe's okay st joe's and then you went st i went st ray's st daniel's for elementary school and st ray's for junior high so as you can hear with all the saints we were uh we grew up good catholic Catholic boys good catholic school system Uh, yes yes but uh yeah so we we met each other grade nine and that was when i was actually still going to the public school that i went to which is nepean but we were at parties and you were friends with mutual friends of mine at Notre Dame. And then when I came mm-hmm. in grade 10, we had like several classes together. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, fast forward to basically now, Johnny and I have been through like many, many years, as you know, 22, um, some very close and hanging all the time. Some, you know, for a while too, yeah. also not so much, but uh, as the world goes, we're back here. This is the first time I've actually had like a one-on-one with you in like, which is wild, like 15, years. years. So, because so, I'm just for for the rest of the interview. Just bear with me. He's going to be known as Luda. He's always Luda. So Luda, <laughs> Luda moved here seven years ago, 2013. Yeah. 2013 October, I moved to Toronto, um, and I've had uh, like a variety of different jobs that all basically center around sales, technology, or digital marketing. Yeah. And I now work for Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, I manage a retail store, um, and like that's basically my gist. Um, yeah, live in Toronto, living like best as we possibly can. Yeah, this but is this is like, it's the point you're making is like this is the first time we've sat down. So I moved to Toronto three years ago. You moved here seven years ago. Yeah, we haven't had a sit down in at least seven years. At least because before you were. In Ottawa, and I was in Ottawa, but we were kind of doing our own thing, figuring yeah. our shit out in life. Yeah, I was doing living the bar star life, and I mean that was the thing, right? Like I had kind of some nine to fives, I had some like office jobs and shit like that. But then you were working the bars, so like yeah. I would run into you if we were all going out at one yeah. point. But that was like few and far between, just because schedules didn't mesh. But like, dude, we've known each other since fourteen years old, and like we both experienced like life growing up and. You know, I was, I was saying earlier, like, dude, you've been there. You were like, and you always will be considered like a close, close friend because there was a time when I went through some some difficulties with my parents splitting up and I was crashing on your couch some nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were all hanging out at your place when you, it was your first yeah, place. Yeah, I, I was the first, I was the first guy in our group to get an apartment. 
And it was we were still in high school. It was I was eighteen. We were yeah, still man. in high school and shit happened. How, how I can't believe you did. Like I can believe it, obviously. Well, I got kicked out, so I needed to get a <laughs> I needed to get a fucking place. Yeah. Like I was I was it wasn't like this brutal get out of the house, we don't love you anymore. It was one of those situations where I was like I was fucking up in school. I wasn't yeah. going to school, I was fucking up and I came home one day. And my parents were just like, you gotta go. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Probably a good fucking call. God bless them, though, because, like, they know you, man. They, they, I think they just knew. Best thing they ever did. 100%. Best, best thing they ever did. I think they just knew. Like, I know your mom, right? Um, yeah. and, and, I mean, anybody who like, knows you knows your parents. But mom listen, your mom. My mom listens to every Does single she? fucking episode of this oh, podcast. She's, she's a fucking Listen. legend for it. It's um, funny how we all know our moms. Like, you know my mom. I know absolutely. yours. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Oh my God, it's crazy, right? I love being a mama's boy. Oh, same. I, you had an episode yeah, about it. I was like, oh, John, you're so right. Absolutely. It's true. Fucking love it. And I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm still convinced <laughs> that my first joint was with you. Was, we, no, you, you were there. You were there, yes, right? And I'm glad and you wrote this Kyle Lothier's fucking shit. Yeah. Okay. Speaking okay. Of, so, bro, man. as we, as we transition into the first joint. Yeah. I'm going to light one right now. Okay, so we're gonna reminisce right now. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Fucking years. I felt mad. I felt mad honor and like super, super happy that when you talked about it in your weed episode, your first time smoking. That's because my first you joined. That's my, I'll never forget it. Because I'll you never talked about forget it. how it was the catalyst. It was absolutely the catalyst for who I am. And I'm like, yo, I was there. And if that was the catalyst to Johnny becoming who Johnny has evolved as a not just like the guy that everybody knows now, which is like the guy who works and is an amazing mixologist and a great uh, bar industry expert, but also a really good actor and up and coming. But like the dude that you were before, mm -hmm. which was this very nerdy, oh, skinny, yeah. Like, oh yeah, like, dude, you could have passed for 13 at 18. Yeah, absolutely. You, like, I was a little, I was, a, I was, I was like, I was like six. I was like 6'3 mm -hmm. and like 160 pounds. I was fucking paper thin. Uh, paper thin. Bro, yeah. the fact that you like evolved, excuse me, from that kid to <clears throat> the hulking dude you are now that's like tatted out. Yeah. Like I guarantee you, you could have pulled everybody in our school, <clears throat> excuse me, and said, what do you think Johnny's gonna be when he gets older? <laughs> and then they would not paint a picture, like draw a picture or like the, mentally of what it would be. Like, dude, if I, like, if I went back in time and like I saw my 16 year old self, like by the way, this is you in in 18 years. Fuck off. No fucking There's way. No fucking way. No what fucking have you way. been eating? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Man, and, and it's like, it's fascinating to me to hear about like that first time we smoked because I think anybody who smoked weed remembers their first time. I think, yeah. I, I, it wasn't I really, my really, first time. really hope so. No, but no, I because, know because I was a nerd. I was a fucking, I was like, it was Kyle. Kyle convinced me because Kyle, Kyle Lunky was, was the guy that kind of like took me under the wing. It's like, let's, you know, like this nerdy kid is kind of funny. Like, you know, let's hang out with him. Let's yeah. fucking, yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I don't think I admitted that I'd never smoked weed before. It was, it was like. We're going to Kyle's place for lunch to. You do to what you do in high school, exactly. which is like just, cool. I'm in. Exactly. You know, you're like I got. I want to fit in. I want to fit in. So it was me, you, Kyle Lantier, and I. It was it was either a combination of Adam Sheik, Liam O'Sullivan, Adam Sheik, absolutely. Might and I'll, I'll tell you man. right now, Adam Sheik and I 
for and Sam Wright because they would pick me up. I think it was I think Sam I think Sam was the other guy. In the so chair. so we all lived in a general like five minute walk from each other, and yep. Adam lived the furthest, right? Yeah. So he would meet Sam on the corner of the route of of Sam Street, and then they would pick me up at my house because I was literally on the way. Yeah. And it was funny because there was a good period of like I'd say a semester where every fucking morning and like this is definitely not something that any child should do mm-hmm. in high school but 8 30 9 o'clock in the morning on our walk to school adam had a joint roll and yeah. we would smoke and we would go to biology now yeah. that is probably indicative of why who was your biology student. teacher yeah, i'm trying to remember her name but she was it wasn't mckinnis but it was like the older Miss Caps or something like that. Mm. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah I'm right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm right yeah. there. I but think... I can't remember. Mm. She was like elder, like maybe in her forties. Um, skinny, like elder. Like Polish. Dude, we're almost in our forties. Well, like, exactly. <laughs> like elder for me at the yeah, time. Okay, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Not like in her twenties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't the hot young teacher. Was it Miss McKinnon? Fuck. Both McKinnon and Condon. I remember being. Oh pissed. my god! Yeah. And we were all just like, really, like. Like I'm 16, sorry, 16, and like you're a fox. Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing. That was the big thing for me with Miss McKinnon is because she was like she was the size of a high school yeah, student. Yeah. She's this little tiny thing. And it's and it was just like, oh like, my god. Knowing the, the the friends of ours that have grown up and become teachers, like for sure when they were like 24, 25, and teaching students. Yeah, I'm they sure were, that it's they natural. Were, of course, so they were partying like fuck, oh, man. man. Like you know Wally, Michael yeah. Wallace. Yeah, yeah. like. He is a very responsible, very good, very successful teacher. The guy's a fucking nut show. Like, teachers you guys are insane. Teachers are pretty wild. From my oh, opinion. my God. They have to be. They like, have, like, end-of-year, like, parties and shit where they all just get boozed up. Well, you got to think. It's just like just like any workplace. I don't give a fuck if it's a grocery store. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if it's a bar. I don't yeah. care if it's an office or if it's, if it's a school. Like you're working in close proximity with people your age, there's gonna be scandal. There's gonna right. be some drunken mistakes. Right. There's gonna be someone's fucking somebody. <laughs> yeah. There's like they're ha- I don't care what line of work you're in. So for sure that shit, like that shit was I can't remember what what, what was happening at Notre Dame. But there were a couple of fucking scandals. Well there was probably sure. No, okay. I, if they listen to this, I I don't I haven't seen you for like twenty years, so don't hate me. Just to just say Rocco. Fucking just fucking Rocco and uh I think her name's Elise Condon. Pardon my language. Did they have a thing? Did they have a thing? Man, because the whole suspicion was that's what was going down because every day, every period that we were in her class or his class, one of them would come over and just be like, oh, hey, yeah, I just need to yeah, pick up. Yeah, weird. And then when you're a kid, you don't And it was like, it, it's like, it, maybe it was innocent shit. and cute, right? But I'm, there were definitely a couple of like random like uh, like infidelity stories of, of well there, there, there's got to be all that kind of shit but there's even but it doesn't it's no different like you said man well, every no fucking than... every job or every workplace you have yeah my favorite if we're talking about like quote-unquote scandals not even a fucking scandal but my fucking favorite was pierre motu because he was he was stoned oh yeah, yeah more yeah. than we oh, were yeah. we had the we had a teacher that taught like history world religions world, world religions and like who's i'm sorry if you're a teacher like who's not getting stoned before teaching a bunch of like like catholic kids who are sorry predominantly white yeah. in this world religions class yeah going yeah i'm going to teach you about hinduism buddhism i mean very fascinating class i actually liked it 
but he was hundred percent still. He would like so but there he was, would go around the corner. Absolutely, he would take his bike. Yeah, he would yeah, fucking yeah. take his bike. And, or we see him after school. He'd be biking through Hatton Park, happy as shit, and everybody oh, knew we he all was doing. fucking knew it. Like everybody. we did, and we did. It was never. It was one of those situations. I remember one day we were all playing basketball, and Pierre's biking through on his bike, like, "Oh, go and have a smoke, hey, Pierre." <laughs> just, he just he didn't say no. He didn't yeah, say yes. Yeah. Just smiling. He's just, like, yeah, kids, I am. Like, I really don't care. Fucking, I remember there'd be, because he was my third period. He was yeah. my third period of World Religions. And there would be... How are you on this bad boy? I'm amazing. Want to butt it out right yeah, now? Yeah, butt it out. I'm a bit shit-out. Um, we'd, we'd show up. Like, we'd walk in after lunch. Yeah. And he would come in after all the students were sitting in the class. And he would turn the lights off. And he'd say, okay, everyone, we're going to put our heads on our desks and we're going to meditate for 20 minutes. It's like, like okay. Come on. Okay, like, you to You're fucking stoked. You're ripped. Yeah. You need to chill for 20 before you can even try to pour it, well, a that, Exactly. Like, yeah. you always had a bottle of water. <laughs> you know what, though? As much as, like, those teachers, there, there were some that were definitely assholes. But there were all those teachers that we just rhymed off. Were actually like you look back on it and you're like, man, those are awesome teachers. They actually yeah. did give a shit about us. You're 100 percent right because I'm a firm believer in that um, you will never forget the way um, a certain individual made you feel. Mm -hmm. Whatever they see, you can forget what someone said to you. Yep. You forget what something what someone did to you, but you'll never forget. Um, the way a certain person makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And there were a few teachers uh, at our high school at Notre Dame that like they legit wanted to be there. You could feel it. And the way that they spoke to you with the respect and the understanding and the humanity, especially yeah. with the age difference yeah. for a lot of them, like most of our, of our teachers, we didn't have many young teachers. We had two or three. Yeah. Most of our teachers were, were in their tenure years, like um, Mr. Cox or, um, yeah. Well, like even, even Madame Massey, like yeah. fucking the hard ass gym teacher, like she was a fucking hard ass, and everyone always liked to give her shit. She was a good fucking teacher. Yeah, she she looked up for student safety. She was very present in all of her teachings. There was no fucking slack classes. She cared about your physical health. Yeah, like she yeah. was a good fucking. Who teacher. was the math teacher? Oh my god, he's he's Italian. Mr. Pan, is it Pan oh, Panuccio or something? Yeah, fuck. But he he also taught a couple science classes. Yeah, man. He he was he my awesome. Panucci, something like that. Fuck, I know exactly. Something Italian, but he was an amazing teacher, and he was older, yeah. like fifties plus for sure. Yeah, and he was like totally cool. That he just knew how to teach subjects that clearly aren't interested. Interesting. He knew how to captivate his like, students. Man. Do you think any kid outside of maybe four or five per class of 30 give a crap to go and learn about calculus or algebra? Yeah. No. Because yeah. guess what? The four or five that are actually interested in that level of mathematics yeah. are going to become super smart like accountants or scientists or whatever. They're there because they genuinely enjoy numbers, right. not because it's like it's part of the curriculum. It's like, oh, I want to go. And, and this is the broken part of the school system. You have this system that's basically take these courses because these courses are the prerequisites to go study this topic and become an expert, quote unquote, in this, in mm -hmm. university, post-secondary education. Mm -hmm. Nothing in the line of like, what if you're a creative mind? Like, can you take 
per semester, which is usually four or five courses, right? In high Can school, you take two yeah, or three like drama that. or creative type of courses? No, that was like no. that was like a gift. That was like a gift class. Those were the classes yeah. that were the, the electives. Yeah. Right? Do you want to yeah. take arts? Do you want to take drama? Do you want to take choir? No, you couldn't be like, I want to take all of those. Yeah. And then I want to sprinkle in maybe some English and yeah. some geography. Yeah. No. It's you had to, I think it was up until, no, yeah, it was all through high school. Like I, up until OAC, you had to have at least one, one math. Class. Yep. Yeah. And you had to have at least one, it was either one science or one I geography. I couldn't drop math. Fast enough. Oh my fucking The moment God. I got through grade 11 actual math, because then I think in grade 12 it goes into like a specific. Yeah, it's. Math. Yeah, it starts it's going like into algebra. Or algebra. algebra. Yeah. And I was just like, nope, <laughs> nope. I'll drop all those. I'll take English and like world religions and history and geography, because yeah. that's the shit that was interesting to me. It's 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 interesting, man. The, the system that like we grew up in, I don't know if it's the same now. But it's, we were talking about this. It's it's in conflict with the way that kids um, like obtain information now. Yeah, it's 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 really scary because I mean I'll go like I've been to my my son's school a bunch of times and what's that, um, like? what's that? What's that like? It's I'm very jealous. <laughs> okay. If we would have had access to a lot of the things, not everything, like mm. we had, you know, whatever, it depends on your school, depends on the school board, depends on the programming, I fucking get it. But my kid is in an elementary school and they have like a fucking greenhouse, like where they can learn to grow about plants and like, bo like actual botany, botany and all yeah, that yeah. kind of shit. And a lot uh, of their learning is a lot more hands-on as opposed to like how many, let's say, I'll say 75% of high school was spent sitting at your desk with your head in a book. Isn't it the worst? It like was- Explain that. Like, it was awful. I mean, you're like me in the sense that like I need to do hands-on learning. I can't, yeah. that's why if it was like, the options were university or college, had to be college because college was much more applied yep. learning. Yep. Whereas like we had friends in university, like I think Grande was going to Ottawa U or, or Carleton for Carleton. commerce. Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker had like, six six or seven textbooks like per class and shit. He kills life, eh? Like that he's one of those he loves he gets he numbers. He gets numbers. We that's cool. Of course. He was always destined. He yeah. was always destined for that. And that's great for people who do numbers and who actually yeah. enjoy numbers. For people like us who are much more hands on. Like I can't like I it can't didn't work, man. It doesn't work for me to read no six chapters of a textbook every fucking night and be no. expected to regurgitate that. And like, that was the problem with how it was taught. Now, granted, technology wasn't where it is now. So absolutely not. But it's like every night we had to go home and like read a certain amount of pages essentially mm -hmm. to consume a certain amount of content to then go to school the next day to review it and discuss it. Yeah. And as easy and simple as that sounds it's monotonous and it's not from a from a like scale perspective it's not scalable like you can't scale forcing kids to learn how to do math or english or anything geography wise by just saying go home and memorize this and that's mm -hmm. how you're going to learn it yeah like i'm the same as you in the sense that i need to be hands on but i have like a why i'm always asking why yeah so i feel like when i was younger i was always like wait but why do I have to like, I don't know, do some random arithmetic equation that solves the problem? Like, why? Mm -hmm. Can you, can you explain that to me? Because science and math, I feel is like this is just how it is. There's yeah. no interpretation in gray area. This is literally how you get to this number. 
mm -hmm. right? But in English or in creative arts or in anything along that line, well, anything, it's very much open to interpretation. Anything and philosophically based where you're allowed to ask the question why? Yes. I mean, I think with science, there is like leeway just because why is how we how we get science. Yeah, like yeah. it's like why is why is the sky blue? Well, science helps us explain why. So I think in terms of science, there's there's a lot of creativity. But yeah, in terms of math, like even like you hear jokes, like especially parents um, or people our age will make make jokes like they change math. Why they change math? I haven't like my kid isn't at the point yet where it's anything more complicated than long division and multiplications. Those haven't fucking changed. Right. But apparently, like remember bed math and all that kind of shit. Apparently. There's new math. Apparently, math has changed. I don't know oh if this God. is fucking true or not, but I've okay, heard it. You hear it in movies. You hear it, yeah, exactly. And then it's like, like grade ah. twelve math. And just like I could do this, I couldn't do this in high school to begin with, and now that it's changed, you're fucking on your own. Like I can't fucking do that. Oh wow! But in terms of like those those courses, like yes, like we had, there was a creative writing class in high school in right. Notre Dame. That was right. a great class. I took that class. I love that class. The math courses is what I really faltered and failed in. Whereas the courses where you're allowed to ask and encouraged to ask the question why, or to get creative or to be more hands-on. Like we had fucking tech with Mr. Ternazzi. Yeah. And fuck it, like that was like, that was shop for some people who yeah. gave a shit about being applied and hands-on. Shop was fun, but just like we hated those numbers classes, the four or five kids in the shop class because they had to fucking be there. Mm -hmm hated it because they didn't want to fucking do it so it's and that like was like their chosen elective that's like uh you chose the wrong elective you yeah. chose something else exactly and they i feel like fucking be there but forcing kids to be in a room that you don't want to be in because not because they don't want to be in school because you know fuck school everyone feels like that sometimes but because like i don't care about this subject at all mm -hmm. not just my present self mm -hmm. but my future fucking self i don't see any bone in my body wanting to be an accountant so no. why the fuck am i in this math class after understanding base addition and subtraction multiplication and balancing a ledger you can do that you can go on through fucking life fine you don't need to know any more math than that like it's like that meme right where it's like i'm 36 and i still haven't figured out where i'm gonna use like algebra or calculus in my long life. division like yeah it's, well, like, it's like, like 36 i've never, years, I've never used long division in my entire fucking life what's amazing to me is how you could argue that people like you and me were just like a, I don't care about this, 100%. This just doesn't interest me. It's mm -hmm. not for my brain and where I envision myself somehow, some way at this age, I don't see myself needing this mm -hmm. and I don't care enough. Mm -hmm. Subconsciously, I feel like that truly was what was happening. But I also feel that we were also thinking that way because we said, well, why can't like something else just calculate that number for me? Mm -hmm. And guess what happened? Technology like went nuts. Yeah. And no kid this in this day and age needs to worry about doing that type of yeah. Thing. Like you don't. Well, it's there's even, programs and there's software. I, th for it's, it. I think it's and correct me if I'm wrong, but the point you're trying to make is that it's even less relevant now. Absolutely. Like at what point in your life <laughs> you don't. When you we were 17, wait, we were never gonna use fucking long division. It was to see if we could do it. Now, like you take my 10-year-old or take a 16-year-old now. There is even less of a, a chance of you having used long division in your future life. Yeah. Like yeah. now, especially like fuck calculators, like cool, whatever. But yeah, like programs and the way that the world is, 
You're not going to fucking need long division no. ever. No. Less now than no. ever. And they're still fucking choosing to teach it. Like, at no point am I going, oh, shit, I really wish I had that certain skill. Like, okay, <laughs> there's certain skills like like accounting, as we were speaking about. like Balancing, a, balancing a ledger. Like, that's, yes, you that's Definitely, fine. if you're going to be a certified like financial accountant in Canada, A, there's a word certified. certified. Yeah. So that means you need to have certification. Therefore, yeah. you need to you know need this to very take well. Courses, exactly. If you're you a doctor, do you clearly need to know about anatomy and biology yeah. and different things like that. Yeah. If you're a lawyer, you need to know about the law. Everything else is a wash. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything else basically, <laughs> and I'm generalizing, but everything yeah, else is a wash. Super general. Okay, so history. Do you need to know history? I don't know. Do you? You need like me to be a certified histologist no. or something. You no. can just sit there and be like, history is something I know a topic about, and I'm interested in. For example, one of my like kind of interests is World War II, mm-hmm. so I know about that. Yeah. But I don't know about the Korean War. I don't know about Vietnam War in detail. Yeah. I just know, and I focus, and I've watched a lot of, I've consumed a lot of information yeah. about World War II. Yeah. But that isn't a job. I get that. Those are specific jobs that people were looking for. Mm-hmm. When we grew up. It was, these are mandatory courses, math, science, like very, very specific courses to a specific role that everybody, I think, tried to force kids into. Mm. And I think now, hopefully, based on what you're saying, that logic has adjusted and come more to the other side of how about we put kids in an environment where they learn differently at their own pace, but also um, in methods that allow them to absorb the information the way that they'll retain it. Mm-hmm. Not just go home and memorize this calculation. Yeah, that's, that is what I've observed. I remember like there's, like I remember homework when I was 10 years old and it's just like, even the word homework to our generation was like, okay, something you took home that you had to fucking finish is the word of God. Yeah. It's the word of fucking yeah. God. You didn't do your homework. You got a zero to affect your grade. It was bad. Homework is bad. Homework is bad. That's like yeah. what we, what we yeah. equate it to. Um, like my son's homework, like it'll, it'll come home. And if he truly doesn't understand it, then it goes back not being finished. And then the teacher is like, okay, cool. Well, let's find a new way for him to learn this. I like that. As opposed to you get a zero, we're moving on. Is he public or, he's, or Catholic? He's, or is he uh, no, he's public. He's okay. Public. Yeah, so that's public. in the public he, system. the public system in Burlington. That's some higher level um, shit right there. It's just, I just think I, I would hope, and I mean, my sister's a teacher as well, and I know that she, she has her teaching techniques, and I have a friend in Ottawa named Jordan, she's a phenomenal teacher, and she's very in tune with her students' uh, emotional state and, and their level of consciousness and all that kind of shit. So I just think that not even necessarily like the regimented learning structure has changed as much as the way that teachers handle students has changed. Yeah. Has, has changed um, I think that's. When, I think that's the difference. Absolutely. Like I mean, you remember, like we had. But they're taught that way. They well, must, of course it is. It's, it's an institution. But I mean, I think it's with the way that the world is now. Like people are a lot more liable to put on their own individualistic spin on things. Yeah, yeah. Like they like you see a mold of a teacher, and there's many different colors and shapes. Same thing as a mold of. Um, of a bartender or the mold of a salesperson. It's like, okay, cool. It's, there's no set fucking stone yep. singular mold now. It's like, you can be yourself, like yeah. do your job, but put your own spin on it. Put your own, you know, I you can't say that for a surgeon and all that kind of shit, but the jobs where you're dealing with public, I think you have an opportunity I agree. Uh, now more than ever to be who you really are. But I will say, um, 
even though there was a lot of classes that we were forced to be in, that we really didn't want to be in, it gave us a chance to meet different kinds of people. Yep. Because I wouldn't have met a, probably a bunch of you guys, and you just, you know, you'd make buddies with your classmates. I wouldn't have met a lot of people that I really got along with in high school had it not been for these fucking horrible classes we were stuck together. <laughs> that was a lot of the time. That's what fucking bonded us, was bitching yeah. about the fucking class afterwards. Yeah, dude. It, it's... It's really interesting to see the amount of like friends that I have known from high school or mm-hmm. before that I, you know, Facebook and whatever other social media, all of a sudden randomly I've got like an ad and that person's adding me and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I like I haven't seen you in fucking eyes. But you know what's cool, man, is, is we were talking about this earlier, the eclectic mix of how like some of them were like, came from a very rough upbringing, right? And like mm-hmm. we're in the gang life. Some of them were maybe like more, I would say, not impoverished, but like from a lower income. Lower family. income. But family. then you've also yeah, got of the mix of like upper middle class, upper class people that you're also friends with, right? Yeah. And the fact that all these people at some point in the year, right, will like somehow connect with you or reach out to you in a way through social media, which I think is the beauty of social media, yeah. is how it's brought people together. Yeah. Obviously, there's a ton of there's a ton of like negatives. Mm, correct. But growing up in the environment we grew up in forced us to intermingle with different uh, classes, but also different demographics and people with different backgrounds and cultures. Yeah. And it's allowed us to be kind of the social butterflies we are today, where we can mix in into any situation. You can put us in a, in a room and we're good. I agree. I think that's a, um, that's a huge skill that high school teaches you mm-hmm. and that makes, you know, there's two different kinds of people that, um, that will come out of high school, in my opinion, and we'll um, we're going to talk about both of those types of people right after right after this break. We'll see you guys in a second. <laughs> hilarious! Hilarious! Fantastic! <laughs> and we're back. So. Um, yeah, to talk again about, we talked about this before we were recording, where there's two different kinds of people that come out of high school. And the first kind of person is the person who, through high school, really decided to like to stick with their path, to stick with their group. Yeah. If, you know, they came into high school um, as a low income student and they just kind of decided to hang around with other low income students, not really reach out or be part of any groups, not really go to parties, all that kind of shit. Or like if you were one of the rich girls and then all she knows, she had her little fucking core group of friends. They didn't talk to anybody else at parties. They would only hang out (laughs) together. They would talk shit about everyone else. They only stuck together. And then you spent your entire high school life you know, not stepping outside of your comfort zone yeah. or not stepping outside of your social group or yeah. not making an effort to, to see other, to see other, not even colors of people, but other colors of conversation and other, you know, the other lifestyles and other lifestyle choices. That's one type of person. And then the other type of person is that person. It doesn't even have to be a lot, but the type of person who will try and talk to somebody you know, in their class who maybe dresses differently or has a different lifestyle choice or doesn't even really hang out with the same group of people outside of class. But even if it's in class, you kind of, this is your, 
this is your class buddy. Yeah. It's like the goth kid doing the group work with the quarterback. You know, like that's yeah. what they have. And then if that evolves into something else, or if you're the type of person that when you're at parties, you're talking to the stoners, or you're talking to the fucking cheerleaders, yeah. or you're doing shots with the fucking football players, it doesn't really matter. But if you decide to take that route in high school and just try a little bit of everything and dabble and become a little bit more of a, of a, of a social butterfly or someone who's comfortable being social, and that's the second kind of person that will leave high school. And out of those two people, I am sure as shit happy to say that I chose the fucking ladder and so did you. Yeah. Because our group of friends, like our group of buddies, like our buddy group was so fucking diverse. It was. Just, you couldn't, like it's, it was a cliche. Yeah. Like the, the different ethnic backgrounds and social statures and quote unquote intelligence, like Grande. Yeah. Like the moment I met him was a fucking genius. Yep. Sure, he's still a fucking genius today. Yep. Killing it. Killing it. Like tall, good looking, blonde, like, Smart and smart dude, but not like nerd smart. He was like he was athletic because like he liked to work out and all that kind no, of shit. No, he was just he was the thing. The thing about him was he was very um, focused. Like he was the one that we would go after school. So we'd finish school like three, get out by like let's say three three thirty, right? We'd be at the park like playing some basketball, maybe mm -hmm. smoke a couple joints, go home for dinner. Then, especially if we smoke joints, maybe do homework. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna get my homework done, so that's out of the way. And then my night's free if I wanna go hang out with the guys after dinner, if there's mm -hmm. anything going on. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm chilling. Yeah. And because of that commitment and focus, obviously it led to success. Oh yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But then in our crew, there was also like, you know, you were, as you said, yeah. a much more like skinnier, totally different geeky kid. But yeah. there were also like, it's funny because you could also paint our group, I think, with like a broad brush of like, this is that crew. But then, if you maybe looked at it from a different perspective, there's the musicians mm -hmm. who are also like film creator type of yeah. guys and, and artsy guys. Yeah. There were like skaters. Uh, there was guys like myself and like probably like Chris and like even yeah, like, like more the, yeah like, like the sports guys. There's not even like guys, not like actual sports. jocks. Yeah, yeah, like prep sports. Not guys. dicks. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, dudes yeah. walking around with like a varsity like, jacket. Yeah, exactly. You're like, in the yeah, hallway. Yeah, and no, like, no, 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 you, buddy. no, no. It's none of that. It was just like I feel like our our whole group of friends not only was eclectic and and a total like different mix of different cultures and different backgrounds but like also a mix of people who like anytime we were out and a new person was introduced or we were at a party they were inclusive as they well. were yeah it was a very welcoming group so Absolutely. to say like 100 percent there's this discussion of like diversity and inclusion now right which is the topic but to go away from that and just look at it like we went to a high school where there were Muslims. Yeah. There were there was um, everything. Everything. There was the black. The only thing black I would gangs, say there maybe Asian wasn't. Gangs, yeah. Like, the only thing I would say there wasn't was like, uh, you know, Jewish kids and stuff like that because they went up the up the road. To, well, because there was a Jewish. There was a, and there was there was a public school and there was a Jewish school both yeah. within two blocks. Yeah. Like of course they weren't really. But no, they were they all were. like, like the group that we had, man, and my ability and your ability to go to a party or even just like you said interact in class and and it's funny you mentioned it because it's cool how many different classes you think about that you didn't have with like 
your core group of maybe five, six friends. Yeah. So then you were forced to make a best buddy in that class. Absolutely. And then that guy was like, yo, my buddy from like English or my buddy from French or my buddy from biology, like they weren't your close friends that you hung out with all the time on the weekends, yeah. but they were guys that when you saw every week at school, they were like your in-class pal. And yeah. they could come from everywhere, man. Yeah. Like everywhere. Like one of my best friends in a class for one year, one semester was a guy who was like in the bloods. That's fucking insane. And like, I remember at 15, yeah. Telling, I think it was like a couple of my buddies, I'm like, yo, like I made friends with this guy named Chris, and he's like super chill, nice guy, and all that. And they're like, oh yeah, like his brother's pretty fucking wild, and their crew is wild. They come from Iris, they're in the Bloods. I'm like, oh okay, well that's good to know. <laughs> well, he's my class buddy, so but he's cool. my class buddy, and yeah. he treated me like nothing, man, like anything. It was all yeah. good. I sniped this from him. Yeah, it's uh, high school's it's, a trip, man. High school, like if you think about it now, like it's such a trip in how it it formulates these people into adults. Yeah. You know? And who they become as an adult. And you're right. We pigeonhole some people and they stay in that, they stay in that circle, in that bubble, and they don't venture outside of it. They're like, this is my kind of tier in my class. I'm too nervous to go outside of it. And then when they hit the real world, where they have to meet and interact with different people from different backgrounds mm -hmm. and different class levels and demographics, they have problems socially. Yeah. You could interact with anybody and talk to anybody at Absolutely. any party. I don't give a fuck. No matter where, where they're yeah. from. I don't give a fuck. No matter where they're from. And that's 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 huge, man. It's yeah, it's just it's yeah, it just goes I think it's very early on in high school where you're literally like you're a child and you're thrust into this fucking ultra immersive, competitive, fucking hierarchical society, like a mini society. Yeah. And like, you got to fucking make a choice real early on. It's like, are you going to just fucking shy away? Or have you accepted the fact that you are going to have to make relationships and efforts along the way? Like, like I said, it doesn't have to be this. You don't have to come flying out of the gate, like fucking shaking everyone's hand yeah, and fucking yeah, yeah. being the center of because attention. Because you couldn't anyways, though. No, there's just... they identify that right away as a phony bullshit. Well, that, or you'd fucking get, you'd get... You'd get <laughs> pulled aside and fucking cast out like by like, the hell weird person exactly so it's 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 a dance high school's a fucking dance it is bro so and what's 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 funny too is that we went to the, the, the sort of catholic very like uh sort of super mixed school now it was super not super, the Nip super, Nipian, super which is up the road not the Nepean wasn't super mixed but Nepean had somewhat of a bit of an elitist status yeah. of that school. Yeah. It was a better school when it came to applying for universities. It was looked at as a better school for education. Well, they had they had newer shit. They just they just had what was looked at from from what I understood, and I remember going through this with guidance counselors, and it's why I went to Nepean for my last year of university. Yeah, because I was told last year of sorry, high school. Last year of high school, before I went to university, was I was told universities would look at the PN applications in a better light than they would Notre Dame. Yeah. Because it was looked at as different education. Yeah. But the education, funny enough, com became completely irrelevant to the education of being in a school like Notre Dame where we have that type of intermingling. I mean, man, not to sound like it's bad or crazy, but there were fights up the street, on, not on school property, because they were wise enough not to have it on school property. Those were big brawls. And they would go up to the corner store where there was like a little confectionery and Aladdin's. eatery. Aladdin's, Aladdin's, man. Legendary Aladdin's, the best cheese meat cheese. Oi, lemon spice. Me was, me was uh, tomato and olive. Tomato, oh, olive, tomato, 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 tom
That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. But uh, they they had fights between like gangs and like or like two guys would square off one on one because they had a beef at school, yeah. and the whole freaking school would show oh, up. Nuts. And then there's that time that guy pulled out the machete out of the trunk. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was fucked up. Like, can you imagine being at this day and age, like? The 14, 15 year olds running around now. I know there's some hard schools here in inner city. Oh, yeah. If you, like, sure. if you want to talk about fucking or so, like, rougher places in the States and shit, like, we can't even hold a candle to that. Right. Fair. Right. Like, we're not talking like we went to some hard ass school. No, no, no. But no. we definitely were exposed to things that I think helped us as we grew up mm-hmm. and while we were in high school to understand, like, the real kind world. Of, kind <laughs> of like, don't, don't think you're invincible. Yeah. Like, you can get checked real quick by a lot of people in the school. Like I was always a bigger, more athletic guy. Yeah. Some of my friends were bigger athletic guys. Now, part of that made me an arrogant asshole prick, which mm-hmm. I regret, but that also, again, is why later in life when I was humbled, which happens to everybody, everyone, I started to appreciate, hey, that's like me when I was younger and that's okay, but yeah. that's not who I am today. But I mean, and I mean to, to speak to, to our guys, to our group, once again, is that, like, it wasn't that really any of us were worried about anything because we all had each other's back. And it yeah. wasn't even to say that, like, yo, like, something goes down, I got your back. It was, like, if you ever need yeah. anywhere safe to be or if you ever needed, like, a someone to talk to, like, we're always listening. Because yeah, we had we had Sheik's garage, like, he had, um, like, the, like, the loft over <laughs> his garage, the amount of fucking time spent, like, up in there that, in that fucking shithole. Like, you remember he was breeding mice? Yeah. Like, yeah. He bred mice. Oh my god. And like mice. They would escape. Like crazy. Oh, oh my yeah. god, they would escape. It was fucking nuts. Crazy. Or we all worked, like a bunch of us worked at Food Basics together. I worked there for a month. Was it only one month? I got fired because I, <laughs> I stole a fucking 89 cent burrito. Because <laughs> it was my break. Yeah. And here's the bullshit about uh, it. So everyone go. understands. Here we okay, go. It's justified because it is the rules. Obviously, don't just go take an 89 cent burrito. <laughs> but here's the moral dilemma, okay? So I was on break and it's a night shift and I hadn't eaten since lunch, which in high school is like 11.30 noon, Yeah. right? So I hadn't eaten and it's like seven o'clock. It's been like seven hours. I think I was like 16 or so at the time. Your metabolism was like, I'm dying. I'm like, I'm just going to take an 89 cent burrito and I'm going to go pay for it. And that's my food. I was in line to pay for it. But what would happen to food basics is you would get a long line in the express line. Yeah. And the problem there is they're like, the rule was you had to pay for it. You couldn't go cook something until it was paid for. Yeah. And I'm like, well, my break's going to end by the time I can actually cook this and eat this. And then I'm going to get in trouble for being on break too long or whatever. So what I decided was I'll pay for it. Now again, I will also admit if I was not going to have to pay for it, I would 1000% have just left that. Yeah, obviously. So now I will be admit that I'm being a fucking weasel. (laughs) (laughs) But, but my, my, my argument was the line was too long and I was simply just going to go and like pay for it after. So anyway, I'm heating it up. I literally like opened it up, took my first bite and I can't remember who the kid that was in the lunchroom at the same time. But the, the rat on you? No, but the manager walked uh, in. And Bob? I think, uh, the dude who was always like, oh, just, uh, just go grab uh, those boxes. Uh, uh, Is it Frank? Frank! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lazy Frank. ass Frank. He yeah. Told everybody to do everything for him. Yeah. He came well, in the room and he's like, Where's your receipt for that? Oh, there you go. And yeah. that's where I was pinched. I'm like, I don't have one, but I was going to get one at the end. And he's like, Just wait here. He came back maybe like 10 minutes later. And it was funny because when he asked me, where's your receipt? And I was like half full mouth 
first bite going, I don't have one. I looked at the other kid and he looks at me and he's like, <laughs> basically knowing like you you're, yeah. you're screwed you're screwed yeah. so that was my my, my oh, two basics man. but the life lesson was um just never like follow the rules i guess always follow the rules this, when you were a kid you my dad called funny enough and he lost it on them because he heard that i got fired and he yeah. called him was like you were he talked to like the manager it was slash owner bob bob because it was Bob, it was Bob's food basic. No, Brian. Brian. It was Brian. 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 He talked to Brian, and I remember yeah. he said, "Yeah, I spoke with this this Brian," and he apologized and all that. And he's like, he didn't offer me my job back, but he basically apologized to my dad about the policy and what had happened. Oh, you probably scared your dad was gonna beat the shit. Well, my dad was just like, he called and he's like, "This is my son's first like job, job." Yeah. And you're gonna fire him because he was starving and on a break and the line was too long. Like yeah. that was my explanation of that. Again, yeah. I never told my parents. Oh, if they had never asked me, I definitely would have just not paid you. Yeah, obviously. Because I wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah, I would have been like, bye. You were probably, what, like 17? Yeah. I like my debit card back then at 16 years old. I had like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. 89 cents. I have 19 bucks. I can't take a 20 at the ATM. (laughs) Fuck! Yeah, screwed. I can't buy weed. There was no EMT back then. I can't buy weed. How about weekends? And it's like, okay, here's my Friday night, right? Like, if there wasn't anything going on, like, sports wise. Okay, so we're getting together. You need $10. You need a 40 from home. Right, yeah. you bike over to Hall. Yeah, spend the thirty minutes after school. The SAQ. Yeah. Oh yeah, get get a bottle or get a forty, like yeah. a forty of fucking malt liquor. Oh, just some terrible, some terrible putrid uh, shit that you would drink purely because you want to be drunk. Or Crest, or Crest, cans of Crest, two dollars sixty-seven cents for King Can. Well, looks like an Arizona iced tea can. So we were all. Lucky that, like, I kind of at the age of 16 looked like I could pass for 19. Yeah, you were a big kid. So, but so, like, Waysman was like that, too. Yeah, Waysman, yeah. You were, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you were I a was, bit more of a baby face. I would, yeah, you could have I didn't have a facial hair till I was fucking 27. Like, yeah, there was no way yeah. you like, couldn't go to the LC. No, no, no. I could go to, I could go to the fucking, you could go to the SAQ, but that's because I spoke French. Right. They would never, oh, you're in Gatineau right. and you're speaking French, you could be 14. There you go, fuck, as long as you're not an Anglo. As long as you're not a fucking English person. Do you remember when you worked at that SO? Oh, buddy. And the sketchiest SO in fucking. And we were running darts. Like, we were dart runners. Yeah. And uh, this was when darts went up to like what? Like 10 bucks a pack and like five bucks a pack. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh my God. And all the kids in high school, that's how they smoked. They bought darts. Yeah. So you would shoot us darts out the back. And this is a follow up. To a story you had from a previous episode, yeah, because you were telling the, the, the owner, the owner was all, the owner was involved with some fucking bikers, and, and so like these guys, guys would show up. And the th- thing with cigarettes when they get delivered is that it's just like um, picture like a cargo truck. They have to have that plastic seal, okay, right? Yeah. And if yeah. that's been broken or like the stuff, it's been tampered with, so you know, like I'm not taking the shipment; it's been yeah. fucking tampered. Something's wrong. Yeah, so. The fucking cigarette shipments would show up and they were all, you know, those gray bins that like they fold open, they're big yeah. plastic ones. You can stack them on top of each other. Yeah. Like they're, they, they're everywhere. They were those and the seals were always busted and they were like half full of like random, like uh, John Player Platinum, like <laughs> shit that you crave in The gold. shittiest smoke shit that no smoke. one smokes. So like, yeah, we'd fire cartons of those out there. Make a few bucks off those. We were we were ripping out like at least a few cartons a week where we oh, were each like you so and Ian and myself, I think we're hustling out like 20 bucks each a week. So it was just because so we'd be like, here, you want a pack of darts? So no problem. Five bucks. Sketchy. And then like there was guys like selling weed. So they would be like a pack of darts. 
and a couple of grams. Oh yeah, for you get the bulk bucks. Of it, right? Oh like, my god, the deals. We were such. And then we'd go shit. to like like me, you, and Gael. God bless him. Who's now in Panama? Gael. We go to. Uh, we go to, to freaking uh, Quebec and we party down. Yeah. At La Grande Gueule or La Grande Gueule. 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 Do you remember um, the living room? Yes. Where it was the house. And it was, there's the male strippers upstairs. It was Okay, weird. so we're going to fucking, we got time. It was time. weird. What we was got that time. Place? Okay, we got time. We got lots of time. So I'm going to tell you guys a story. And if you're an old Ottawa head, you may remember this place. <laughs> this was the oh most fucked up concept for a nightclub and that I've ever heard. Now it is, it's uh, it's not called La Casual Spog. I think it's called Le Forum. So it's beside on Elmer where the boat cruises were. Yeah. So now the whole building was torn down and now it's it's a big sports bar. Okay. So it was a old fucking nightclub. First of all, before that, it was an old massive like Victorian house, like Victorian era house. Like it would have been like a 10 bedroom place, massive house. You knew it used to be a house because the fucking stairs were carpeted in this fucking nightclub. So it was called the living room and it was... It was either Fridays and Saturdays, or it was Fridays or Saturdays. If I had to say it was one night, I think it was Saturday night. What they would have is the whole club was split into two sections, the upper floor and the lower floor. And there was one staircase. It used to be a fucking house. Yeah. There was one staircase separating the two floors. And from 10 to midnight on the upper floor, they had male strippers and girls could drink, I think it was two or three dollar drinks. Oh, I want to say it was two or three dollar drinks. And obviously it was no boys allowed. So it's just girls and male strippers, like 18, 19 year old girls Jeez. drinking for two dollars a drink with only male strippers. In, only in Gatineau. Only in fucking Gatineau. And then downstairs was men or women allowed. Obviously it was only guys. And it was like two dollar beers. And then at midnight, they would, the male strippers would leave. So like the men and women could clash. Yeah. And it was like every, just every war scene you've ever seen in like an ancient Babylonian movie <laughs> with the two crowds, armies running at each other, but it was just hormones fueled by alcohol. Like right? people were like, cause you could still smoke over there. People would be smoking and ashing on the carpet, like finger banging in the oh, corner. Dude, the darts that used oh to go down in God, Quebec clubs is actually dude, insane. Disgusting. It's actually insane. Cause disgusting. I know disgusting. up to like the age of, I'm pretty sure like 22, 23, which would have been like 2006, seven. I think that's when they banned darts. In, in Quebec. Quebec, yeah. Because they banned yeah. it everywhere else. It was, Quebec, I think it was 98 or 99 in Ontario. Yeah. It was a while in Ontario yeah. where they're like, yeah, we should probably like not no, allow yeah, people no more to smoke indoors. outside and yeah. like inhale second and smoke. Oh, but Quebec fought that. Like, like oh, of course they did. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Quebec was a scene. Quebec, and all of us, remember, all of us, we could get into the casino. We could get into clubs. I mean, we could get into clubs in Ottawa at mm -hmm. like 16, 17 years old okay. because we knew the bouncer because it was a brother, yeah, an older brother. Exactly. Yeah, it was like Miller's Crossing or Grace O'Malley's. Oh, like, Those yeah. places, man. Yeah. What, what, what tribes? What tribes? There was a. Uh, Fuck yeah, that yeah, like the living room. Oh man, I'll never forget that place. What was the craziest club in Ottawa to you? Like the craziest in terms of shit got wild there. In Ottawa? Yeah. Cause honestly, that's like that's like that tough. I that I worked at or that I partied at. Just in general, in either general? or like the one where you you can hands down be like the craziest fucking shit that always consistently went down in terms of people being loaded, like partying, 
wild other intimacy, intimate te- moments. Probably tequila, moments. tequila. Tequila, tequila. Yeah. Yeah. When it was before, it was TJ's. I don't know what the fuck it is now. Yeah. But it was when it was still tequila, tequila. Like it was, it was fucking nuts. Man. Yeah. It was eh? just like fire station de feu was fun. Fire station. Yeah. Hey, I love Elgin. Yeah. yeah. Love station de feu. Do you cool. remember? Did you ever go to Griffin's? Oh yeah. Because that was that was the best spot because it was all the cougars would hit on young guys. So like guys paid, like 18, 19, 20 paid. would go. Yeah. What like, was the name of that cougar bar that was near Griffins on? Maxwell's. Maxwell's. And they come out of there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paid, bro. yeah. Griffins. Griffins was like you knew it was a cougar bar because they had leather couches on their patio outdoors. Well, the place was classed like, up. It was. It was classed yeah. up. There were times where I went in there and I'm like, I hundred percent don't belong in here right yeah. now, but I'm still gonna have a drink. And then the funniest part is neither did the other like twenty or thirty people of our age group from mm-hmm. high school or other high schools around. Yeah. And that's what was rad about Ottawa when you yeah. go out drinking younger is you'd always run into somehow, some way. Yeah. And you're like, people you're, would eventually you're not fucking 19. You're not 19 either. I know who the fuck you are. How'd you get in? People would start at various areas of downtown. Like someone would start like in South Elgin and then someone would start like, you know, deep market, someone would be on York yeah. street. And then eventually people would just somehow communicate and we'd all end up at one place. Yeah. And this was before like, group messaging and like heavy yeah. cell phone use. Just where is it? Like, like, it was like here. one person had a phone with like a T9 texting and a Nokia 5190. We're like, okay, cool. Everyone's here. They're going to be at fire station in half an hour. Right. Okay, cool. Fire station well, was so much fun, there. It was a whole bunch of really good, um, like shithole clubs when we were like at that, like just coming out of high school, like mm-hmm. 18. Mm-hmm. Like that, there was like Iguana and oh, Heaven. Iguana. Remember Heaven? Iguana was fucking owned by the mob. And yeah, Iguana yeah. was like all those. It was like Evan, then it was like Aqua Lounge. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, they just changed the name every time they got a fine, right? Yeah. Or is there someone got shot? They had to change the fucking Holy name, right? Yeah, dude. The uh, the Ottawa scene. So Tila Tequila, eh? That's yeah, the crazy that's, part. Yeah, I'd say that for me. What about you? I can't. For me, I never like on tap was wild. On tap, on tap was, was more wild in the sense of like. It's like frat central and well, everyone's getting we, there's a lot of fights in on top. Because it's yeah. frat central and everyone's getting loaded. Yeah. It was all about how much can you drink and how fast can you do it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like other bars, like the heart, it was funny the, the gradual like progression you go. You start in the hall where it's just like anything goes. Any, like anything, anything goes. goes. Show us a card that resembles an ID and you can yeah. get it. Yeah. Then you migrate to like Elgin, right? That's kind of where you go after, after like, I would say you're going to Hull a lot. Well, that's because they had those bridging clubs, like Fire Station yeah. and Bulldog and shit. Those were very much like Hull they clubs because it was like 18, 19 year old kids <laughs> yeah. and it was cheap drinks. Cheap so that's drinks. where all the kids went because it was cheap drinks yeah. and young people. And then eventually, yeah, you'd go. So like eventually when you had a few bucks, you could afford a $9 Guinness and you yeah. go to the Heart and Crown be like yeah. fucking, you know, older. Older, more mature people, and you're just and like, And the yeah, heart was like, yeah. always shouts the heart. And all the heart place. crown, fucking great. Great bar, and actually one of the top bars ever. It's just an eclectic mix. But it, it's it's interesting. Now that I'm, I guess, one of those people who would go and be like, it's I'm older now. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I've gone, I don't see as many kids that were our age. At where, the heart? At the heart. Uh, well, yeah. I, I think mean, they when's the to- last time you were there on like a Friday night, yeah, that's, though? That's the, that's the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, like. I like to go to the heart for a pint at 3 p.m. if I'm in Ottawa. Of course, there's not going to be anyone there. I like going there and getting good, good and shittered if we're there. But I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of other bars that people gravitate to now. For sure. Well, that and, I mean, 
on Clarence Street alone, like the main strip of downtown Ottawa is Clarence Street. Yeah. Um, every like? single there? building is a fucking bar. Now. Yeah. Back when we were, like every second one was a bar. Yeah. Now there's just so many options, right? Uh, do I have I been to Warehouse? Yeah, in, in Ottawa? So I have, it's not even like a beef with Warehouse. I just have. That's fine. You're not alone in the beef. Because uh, there's many people. It's that have just. It's, it's not even. Beef would mean that, like I have like I have an actual problem with. Yeah, it. I yeah. don't. I just don't. It's like. It's like the kid that you like but you don't respect. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. I. I don't think you have to have any skill, to be to work at a fucking warehouse. Like yeah. whether you're a server or a bartender, I just think you're just. Well, they're slinging uh, bar rail, right? It's not even that. They're just they're sick. Like, shitty slow shit bartenders and servers who can't remember anything more than two items on a fucking order and it's right. just it's it's five dollar food and it's just it is cheap food it's i don't uh <laughs> you said i like stress. it's i had even such a hard topic to discuss because i know a few people that work at warehouses and they're great people like i genuinely love but i fucking hate the building that you work in yeah, and yeah. 99.9% of the clientele, like you're all just disgusting fucking. Well, like, weren't uh, there the breakouts from COVID in the warehouses here? With fucking breakouts from COVID, fucking every bar. Yeah, King yeah. West was, King West was fucking brutal, but. Yeah. But like, what was, that? what were we talking about? What's the expectation though? What do you expect people to do the moment they've been isolated for this long? And then you go, hey, go to a bar. Any bar is at risk of being yeah. the culprit. And I'm saying that with air Absolutely. Quotes. It looks like with like, this is something where, especially you're not, you know, you don't necessarily are going to be showing symptoms for three to five days. So if you're living like a social life and you, you have absolutely zero idea, zero idea for three to five days, that's even if you show symptoms. Yeah. Like that's a lot of points of fucking contact if you're a social person or if you're a bar person. So what do you fucking expect? Well, let's not dip too deep into the COVID because that's not what this it's episode depressing, is. Yeah, that's not what this episode is about, and it's way too fucking depressing. Reminisce. We'll do another two fucking hours. But when we were talking about like going out with the guys, the different groups, like our group, and it was just that was something else that I love because when we were out at a bar all together. Or out, out, let's see, even fucking dial it back another couple of years, out at a house party. Like, remember John, was it, um, there was the brothers that had the house their parents was always, they were always gone from. The Valleys? It was Valley a big, Fest? big, Valley was Fest? it? That had to be. Mike and Peter? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Valley Fest, where there was always a keg. Massive oh, fucking yeah, house parties, like yeah. stupid Project X house parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd roll in together, our group of like 12 to 15 guys, and just like... And they'd be like, cool, do it. Yeah, cool, come on in, welcome. Everyone here is welcome. Everyone here is good shit. We're all getting wrecked. Yeah. If you're here to do the same, please come in. Everyone here is good shit. And like, at a a house party, like the, the different groups, you know, mix and mingle and go to theirs and do their things, like skaters start hanging out with skaters and frat, like whatever the the hockey guys start hanging yeah. around the kegs and the hot girls all hanging together and it's like there's this weird thing where you kind of like move through the different groups yeah, and talk yeah. to your people and then you make these other small groups like someone steps outside for a cigarette there's already three other people on the porch all of a sudden there's another group for yeah. the next bit next Darts. drink and a half just house parties are a thing where i feel like 
now that I'm older, I can't wait to have them. It's yeah, I would and much I rather so have. Much. I would much rather have um, like a house party or yeah. go to a house party than go to a fucking bar. absolutely, absolutely, oh, ten times out of ten. We're, we sound like old farts, but at the same nah, time, dude, house parties are amazing. And I don't know if the kids these days have many house parties. Not, I don't think nearly as much. Not as much not and not as wild. As because, dude, I remember growing up in high school, there was a house party or two every, every fucking week during the school year. Remember? Um, All the time. Remember Mike McIsaac's house? Oh, God. The indoor pool. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let's talk about the indoor pool in a second. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Valley Fest. I think it was. It was. It was, was it the Barnes's. No, it was the. It was absolutely the Barnes place. The big white house. Brian. Yeah, 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 Brian yeah, 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 yeah. Barnes. Brian, yeah. Brian and Rob Barnes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like we would. There was that. It was at one point where the family had moved out or was moving yeah, out, and he, we fucked everyone. Fucked the house yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he lived near Waysman on like Pinecrest, didn't he? Yeah, it was like it was right, on, it was on a and fucking it's, and it's a street. Yeah, and it's a recessed house. Yeah, with a big ass lane. Nasty. But he had a huge fucking house and also a There's huge a garage. ass garage, and that's where everybody. Yeah, did exactly. Yeah. Well, other than the fucking real name. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy, bro. But those were like those were crazy. Oh, yeah, we're back to back to McIsaac's place. So McIsaac. So Mike McIsaac. You go to it was Ashford. You went to. Yeah. So he's yeah. a rich kid. Fucking um, yeah. like one of the funniest, nicest, just a big, gigantic, hilarious walking fucking smile he was a muscle with smile right that's what he was he was just this big tank of a guy always smiling always happy and he'd have these fucking bangers mm-hmm. like house parties and his his parents place was this big fucking white mansion and they had like an indoor pool like yeah. a la grotto yeah like it was sick oh man it was sick and what was cool was so we were talking about like the Barnes Boys parties, right? Yeah. We were talking about Valley Fest. Now we're talking about parties at Mike. <laughs> yeah. I even had a few weekend bangers when my parents bounced mm-hmm. for like a weekend for some reason. They were gone with like my brother and sister. I, I could never get away with it. Oh, I fucking got away with it, but like by I don't know hair, how because kids by are the hair stupid. of my chin. Bro. Yeah. There was yeah, kids are stupid. We'll get to that. So the thing about all these different parties that I liked was there was a different vibe of like what's tolerable mm-hmm. from one party to the next. Like Valley Fest, people wouldn't destroy the house, yeah, but people would get absolutely annihilated and maybe destroy like from a vomiting and like yeah, yeah, garbage yeah. and beer can or beer fucking cup perspective, yeah. the, the backyard. Yeah. Barnes's, people would actually destroy the fucking like, house, yeah, which is bad. Yeah. And we felt, and looking back, it was terrible, but like, it's like nobody had a control over like how wild shit was going to get. And then McIsaac's was like, we're going to get very, very drunk, but that house is going to be totally respectful. Well, t- it's because the house was so nice. You're like, yeah. I don't want to break anything. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I would feel fucking terrible. Absolutely. It's just like, I want to like, it's a house party where you're like, should I take my shoes off? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you're like, I don't want to fucking ruin yeah. the floors. Yeah, that was McIsaac's place. <laughs> Barnes's place, like you fucking, you'd be wrestling on the front yard, like yeah. all muddied up and boot fucked the door and be like, oh. where's the fucking keg? They got they had they got crazy. Oh man. And Rob, yeah. uh Brian's older brother Rob was friends with Waysman's older brother Mac. Mac, yeah. So they were good buddies growing up. Yeah. And it was just I remember those were just crazy parties. And house parties are a thing of the past. I feel they're not the thing is they're, they're just, not they're different, man. Yeah. Like, it's the I think honestly the biggest so thing for now. me and it's just 
I wouldn't want to be like a, like a 16, 17 year old guy and getting super fucked up at a house party now because everyone has fucking camera. Yeah. And it's just, it's not even to say that you're going to do something sketchy or do something inappropriate. It's just to say that like, when I'm like, when I was at a house party, like literally we were at house parties at a, at a time when no one had cell phone cameras yeah. and no one had cameras. Like yeah. it was like whatever the happened, most happened. intimate heart to heart conversations around a fucking fire pit in the garage. Yeah. And you know, like people are taking that shit to the grave and it never left because there was no one recording it. Yeah. No one was, you know, even if you wanted to talk shit, whatever. No one was worried about No one was fucking worried. Exactly. They're putting themselves in a vulnerable position because people today are so fucking judgy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, you know, there's a, there's gotta be a certain act you're putting on. It's like we talk about people always fucking acting and putting on an act and like that shit. Like you see like clips and shit or Snapchats or Instagrams of people being at house parties. Now the entire fucking thing is being recorded. Yeah. Every single thing going on in the house party. It's like there were times when I was having um, serious conversations or someone was confiding something in me and like, I can't even imagine having like a camera potentially off in the fucking distance 100%. or someone busting in and trying to fucking take a selfie where you're having a heart to heart or having a, having a, a very private conversation. It's just fuck that, man. And that was a, that's a huge part of, of house parties. It's not just all the crazy project X shit. You see of keg stands and people banging and all that kind of shit. A lot of times those are the situations that, you have an opportunity to open up to somebody or have someone open up to you because there's a little bit of alcohol and some comfort and safety involved. That might be on the grand scale of things, a conversation that could have saved yours or someone else's fucking life. Yeah, dude. You don't fucking know. You're right. You're right. Cause these are, these are the connections that get made when you shut out the sort of distractions yeah. of like that fear of vulnerability, like you yeah. said, right? Well, your inhibitions. I think, that the way like the art of a, of a good house party mm-hmm. starts with disconnecting technology from being a distraction mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is like okay if you're having a group of people over to watch the game that's watching the game mm-hmm. but if you're actually having like the day that i have a house and i want to have a house party i'll do the derek jeter rule mm-hmm. where there's going to be a bowl at the front put your phones in you drop your technology no cameras no phones mm-hmm. everybody's here to have a good time and mingle and socialize yeah. and meet people and say hi and what do you do and let's have a drink and blah 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 blah, right? Yeah. And when we grew up, obviously that didn't exist. So I feel like the art of a, a house party has been lost. Yeah. In the facade and somewhat the whole like production of like, look at how lit my house party exactly. is because exactly. I'm filming exactly. It. Look at how crazy this is because we're doing this. Yeah. And it becomes this like, who can outdo it as opposed to just. We're all getting can be, absolutely can be present. Like we're all just partying, yeah. releasing our whole inhibitions and like our whole stresses of growing up yeah. and trying to figure out life at a teenage, you know, age. Well, especially I think I mean say that about people now, but I mean yeah, but think about when those are your massive formulative years, yes. like when you're 16, 17, 18, and like you were starting to learn who you really are yeah. and your place in the fucking world yeah, where you believe at that point in your life anyways and like your mind is is developing at an incredible rate your body is changing all this everything is all happening at once it is a very very scary and intimate time in your in, in a young person's life Absolutely. and that is so important to have those social opportunities and 
those points, those those blips, yeah. those hits that every young person should have, these yeah. scenarios and these situations that everyone should stumble upon or come across. And is it the same now that it was when we were 16, 17? Absolutely not. Yeah. Everyone's worried about putting an act on. You know, like, what if you're having an absolutely terrible day and there is someone at the party that you need to speak to, you have to speak to because it may be as concerning them and you're so emotional, but you know there's cameras everywhere, so you gotta be fucking laughing and dancing yeah, and smiling true. and faking and yeah. faking it and sucking all this energy out of your body and soul because all you want to do is be yourself and have this conversation but you fucking can't yeah we could yeah you drag and the person did. into the room of course you drag the person into the fucking room close the door everyone stay the fuck out yeah. and then it boom one-on-one -on -one. well what was cool too is like obviously with alcohol and with anything else like you're gonna sort of pull down those barriers absolutely so at some point you know, when you have that one-on-one -on -one moment, it might not be one that's like planned or premeditated, but sometimes it just organically happens. And mm -hmm. that like pure organic sort of like two people who are, you know, maybe they're good friends, but they're not best friends, mm -hmm. but they hang around the same group of guys or, or same group of girls all the time. And they are, they are very close. They have the ability to, to just take that next step and strengthen their bond because they don't have any reason to fear in their moment of being inebriated mm -hmm. that they're going to be judged mm -hmm. or that they can like talk from their heart about something mm -hmm. and my hope is kids these days that are growing up like your son for example has the ability through these pieces of technology to connect mm -hmm. at, at that depth mm -hmm. but they can't but i hope that they can and they find their way to do that i think whether it's, it's yeah. like hey can we facetime can we have, you know, can we all hop on house party, lock yeah. the room, let's chat. Like COVID kind of made people adjust to it. Yeah. We did a bit of that. Like our group of friends, we got together and had beers on Friday nights via, via house party. Yeah. But I hope that the younger generation uses the technology available to them and it doesn't become almost like a barrier to them becoming emotionally vulnerable to each other. I agree. I think no matter what the median, and that's to say, let's in this situation, the median is the technology, no mm -hmm. matter um, the median, the people who will find a way to use things to benefit themselves well, yeah. and the people who will decide to use it as a crutch or as a barrier also will. Yeah. Um, now with the technology and how is it, how is it advanced, how it, sorry, how it has advanced and at the rate it has advanced and all that kind of shit, it does leave much, uh, much, much money, more opportunities for kids to become reliant or use it as a crutch or it's just like. I'm nervous to talk to this girl or this guy. So instead I'll text like yeah. that's already very well known now. Yeah. Like that we use it as a, as a way to connect on a mass level and yeah. much less intimately. Oh like yeah, yeah. Like sex is transactional and relationships are, are they start are, off transactional. Exactly. Anyways. There's no real basis of like, do you want to date intimacy? Exactly. <laughs> so it's swipe for a date. That's already true now. So, I mean, there's a huge danger moving forward, but like I said, I do have faith and hope um, for that the people of future generations and younger generations will decide or become aware and see a, the value and be the risk in what they're choosing to participate in. All we can do is hope, really. I'm going to hit you with some real philosophical question shit right now. Do okay? it. Let's do it. All right, brother. Here it is. So, do you think that 
to the point you just made, mm -hmm. which obviously I'm sure as a father, you're concerned about your son who's about to enter those very, very- Oh yeah, those 10, 10, these are already very technologically inclined, extremely. Do you feel that because our generation has this perspective we're talking about right now of okay. like how it's important to have these barriers down and be able to be vulnerable in front of each other because that develops a level of trust and mm -hmm. brings you closer that we will be able to curb this potential lack thereof mm -hmm. in your child and in that generation by educating about this and being like listen you need to understand you're going to a party you need to put your phone away mm -hmm. like check in with me if you need to but you need to not be like texting your friend in the other room being like oh my god like come and get me you know what i mean yeah because that I people do that like, now yeah, like i'm that, guilty of, of doing it sometimes yeah. with my lovely fiance shannon we'll be like texting each other in a room or maybe in a scenario where it's like hey like do you want to go outside and like fucking vape do you want to like grab a drink mm -hmm. and supposed to like continuing and finishing the conversation with the person yeah if it's awkward as shit and it's a boring ass conversation because we all know that some people can be awkward and boring yeah you have the ability to manage your way out of it as opposed to like literally just being like, I'm just going to go over here. Bye. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying they're doing that. So then what's your question? Well, that's my question. Do you so feel, sorry, you if I haven't asked our, the question. Do you think that our generation? Do you think that you as a parent, because of your generation's appreciation for um, connection, mm -hmm. human face-to-face -face verbal connection, mm -hmm. will be able to teach or at least educate the generation of your son on how to do that in a world where technology is basically the easiest resource to do that. Does I that think, make sense? How yeah, I said that? That? Uh, that makes more sense how you word it. Sorry, I went on no, a long No, it's loop. fine. Um, my answer to that is it's a yes, but it's not a yes in the sense that it's, it's, it's very black and white. I think that the only thing that will help educate the future generations and, and my son's generation included is teaching about communication with communication. Okay. Um, placing the value on the importance of the face-to-face, -face, of looking someone in the eye, of being in social situations that, you know, you might not necessarily be presented with nearly as often now because of the increased volume of communication and phone calls and all that kind of shit. But at the end of the day, human connection is so important that I would hope that our generation would refuse to allow that to happen. Just to say, fuck it. The kids are on their own. Let them text each other. Me too. That's a good answer, bro. That's a good answer. And that's because why I say that I, all I can do is hope because all I can continue, I can, I can sit here and I can bitch about like, Oh, I'm worried about my son doing nothing but texting and all that kind of shit. Okay, cool. Well, when I'm with my son, Am I having face-to-face -face conversations or am I saying, you know what, just go sit on the fucking PS4 and I'm going to type up a script. Right. Like, okay, cool. I'm not teaching him about anything. I'm yeah. not showing him communication, how important communication is with communication. So how the fuck is he going to learn? Because it's all about applied knowledge. Of course it is. Uh -huh. So when we're together, I would much rather us have a conversation or wrestle or play a board game or just to have that even if it's the um, the proximity, mm -hmm. just to be that comfortable around other people, because at the rate it is now, you're completely right. Like, I mean, we could be in the same fucking room and instead of me saying, hey, Luda, you wanna go for a smoke? I'll just shoot you a text. Now, in some cases- it's easier. Yeah. In some cases that is obviously kind of trying to also be like 
courteous to the others that you don't well, want to maybe offend. Everything's relative. Everything's relative. But, 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 but your point is well made in the sense that like the problem that I see and that I worry about is they're devolving into a point where they're just, I don't want to say robots, but like very um, socially inept in the, in the understanding of like, hey, we're all at a dinner table mm-hmm. and like everybody's done dinner. Everybody's kind of just sipping their wine or drink or whatever. And then they just pull out their phone because, well, this is boring. I'm not involved. Yeah. These three people are discussing something that obviously when you're at a dinner table, everybody's paying attention to. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's six, you know, six different conversations happening. So they're talking about something that doesn't interest you and you pull your so you phone out. you pull your phone out? Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's like... I do it though. You like, do it? Oh, see, I, oh, I do, do it all the time. Yeah, see, I don't do it. And the problem that I have with it is I'm sitting here telling you I should do it. Yeah. And I know I do it. Yeah. Now, I try my best and I hope I don't do it like right away. I yeah. do it like maybe 30, 45 plus minutes into it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm yeah. tired of sitting here. I'm ready to go like lie down. I just ate a lot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> But like, I do think that, you know, the, the old way when I remember being raised, my parents, I'm sure your parents are the same. It's like, you asked to be excused. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get to go, I'm gonna pull my phone out. Yeah, keep talking, whatever. It's like, I wanna go play Nintendo 64. I wanna go like, go on a computer. Yeah. So to do that, I had to ask to be excused. Well, exactly, you, just, you had to step away from the table. Now it's like, well, no, it's the same thing. Like I'll be, when I'm home visiting my parents, like, and my sister will be over for dinner as well. So it's like me, Jen, mom, dad, like we all have a fucking phone, but during the dinner, we know it's like no phones at dinner. Like we're here to talk, yeah, we're here to yeah. socialize and all that kind of shit. And then it's funny enough because after dinner, after the 20, 25 minutes, usually now it's my mom. She's the first one. She's on her iPad. <laughs> look at shit. Whether it's a fucking video to show us. Because you start talking just, about stuff. It's yeah, just yeah. is what it is. So she's guilty of that, but it's not like, it's not like it's, it's right after dinner and people are bored. It's just like, hey, cool. Dinner's done. Conversation's done. I'm like, cool. Let's do what we do, which is technology. So it's just, it's funny. It's just, we have to it remember to, to put just as much of an importance on communication and social time. And we do. Like, it's just after dinner or whenever I see my folks, obviously, we spend most of the time just talking each other's fucking ear off. So yeah. technology is a good break once in a while. Right. It happens too when you go home. Yeah. You're, it, it's hard not to because I'm sure you can relate. Going home for me, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, like I booked a vacation home. Like mm-hmm. I took a couple of days off on top of the weekend. Yeah. So now I have a four day weekend in Ottawa. Look, love Ottawa, love my family, love my friends, but it is After, nonstop. No, yeah. It's nonstop. It's, you don't like when I was Because you there, have to jam everybody in. Everybody fucking in. Everyone you haven't seen since the last time you were there and catching up. Like I was in Ottawa, I took an extra day. I went for like four days. And I was exhausted when I came back. Cause you're I was like, so fucking tired. Cause man, like you're 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 go 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 all day. Yeah. If you have a vacation where you just have four days off here, you're chilling. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, cause that's that's when it's that's when it becomes a fucking staycation. Yeah. But yeah. Well, but that's on the docket here, know, bro. We're, we're almost we're almost nice. done. We covered so much. What else should we talk about? Like, I just want to do a. Um, it's story time now. I always like to finish the episodes when we tell, okay, tell we tell a fucking nice story. Um, I would love to hear your version. Oh God. Oh God. We can talk. We got time for two. Let's okay, do it. We're yeah. going to make this a nice long episode. We'll do an hour and a half today. Fuck it. So we're doing it live. We're doing it. We're going live. We're going live. <laughs> we're going live. <laughs> um, fucking thing sucks. You, <laughs> do you, do you remember the nights when we would play FIFA 98 at my at my bachelor, my basement yeah. bachelor apartment. Yeah. 
and like Jason Branco would be over. Yeah. Like, she, what? Mike Guido. Guido. Holy f- <laughs> yeah, yeah, Guido. We have, so my basement bachelor apartment was probably 400 square feet. Yeah. It was small as shit. You know what though? At the time it was boss. Oh, it was, that was the, that was the place where yeah. rooms were made of. I was yeah. the first guy. I was the only guy in high school I ever with friends to have an apartment. I had, to, I had to take the apartment because I was asked to leave my parents' place. <laughs> but I had an apartment nonetheless. God and, bless your parents for and, uh, freeing us all. Yeah, up. exactly. For, yeah, for <laughs> giving us some fucking great, great time. I was only there. You know, I was only in that place for 10 months. Really? Yeah, that's how long I lived there. That's it. It seems like you were there for like for years. years. Yeah. 10 months I lived there. Because then me and Lisa got a place in Forest Manor. Right. That's right. 10 months. Yeah, we pretty much crammed probably four years oh, yeah. of living into that fucking apartment. Sure did. We would have like anywhere from like eight to 10 guys over there every night. Dudes were sitting on milk crates. Milk, that's, yeah. And you knew you had couch. to get there early. Yeah, you had to get there early because it was one couch. Yeah. There's one and couch. There was like a couple chairs that still were okay to sit in for like Ish. the three to four hours that we'd be yeah. there. But the milk crates were the worst. And yeah. basically, the, the whole game, so everybody understands, was whatever time you finished your school classes or work, which is any time between you know four and six for most people, yeah. was get your ass home, fed, and whatever you need to do, and then get to John's. Because if you don't, you're risking you're not going to have a seat for the whole night, and your yeah. night's ruined. Yeah, you're, you're nice. <laughs> yeah, and just no one's giving up seats. No, no, no. and people seats. are saying like seats. What is it? No seats scams or whatever. Yeah, shot five. Shot five. Yeah. Oh, shot five. Yeah. Right? Shot, hey, shot five. five. We waiting, waiting on the fucking. Because you knew you needed more than five. Yeah. So I remember playing FIFA. Um, I remember FIFA '98. Yeah, it was right on the PS One. Yep, FIFA '98 on the PS One, and we played that game steady, and it was such shitty. It was a classic old game where you can just, as soon as you figured out the glitch to score every time, yeah. you could score every time. Yeah. If and, if you, and if you knew the glitch, you were gold. If yeah. you didn't, holy fuck. Yeah. I was shit at it. It was a frustrating I crushed, for me to play. But I've oh, always you been killed it. I've always been good at people. I have yeah. to brag. And uh, everybody who plays me knows I'm sick of this. And I hope they listen. They're like, yeah. fucking Nick's Sambo. Bragging Sambo. Yeah. <laughs> Sambo's oh, furious oh, yeah, right yeah. now. But no, man, that place was like... You talk about like like transitional periods in people's lives that like, man, the amount of our group of friends that we've been talking about early in this episode mm-hmm. that still hung out at that place. Yeah. Now they've broken off into maybe different little silos of like three or four or like five or six buddies. Yeah. But like 15 of us would hang out in that place. And now all 15 of us still, if we all ever got together, it's like- It'd be like nothing's changed. Absolutely. It would be like nothing. If the Which group of guys got together a hundred percent, it would be like, First couple minutes, like, hey, what's new? And then once all that bullshit's out of the way, a couple drinks, it'd be, it'd be like oh, nothing yeah. ever fucking changed. It'd be the exact same shit. Absolutely. And it was like, yeah, that fucking. We had like we used to pin like empty cigarette packs to the wall because we were trying to cover my whole wall with pictures yeah, and posters yeah. and shit. And we had pictures of the house parties, like actual photographs yeah. of the nights partying and shit like that. Do you remember when Ian had a kegger, and then he had some beer left over in the keg? From the weekend before and he brought it over yeah and we put it in your tub yeah. with some ice yeah and we thought it'd still be good it was awful. we ended up it playing flat. poker it was, it, was it was beer juice but we yeah. drank it all yeah and we thought okay there can't be that much because it was liftable <laughs> yeah there was yeah there, there was, was so was like 60 much beers oh yeah that. we got annihilated off of basically flat beer juice, beer juice. It was disgusting. left over from a keg from like three days earlier <laughs> yeah. Oof, that was bad. and there was one night like you got hit in the tooth with a dice yeah 
<laughs> like, like we had it on video. I think someone videoed we, it. I don't know. Old, phones just yeah, came out. Yeah, like yeah. someone videoed it. We were losing our minds. Or one night, someone threw. I think it was Grande threw a garlic dip and it hit you in the neck. <laughs> like I had a picture. There's a of picture of it. Yeah, like this. Yeah, you're, 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 you're holding this. You're holding this. You're wearing a yellow sweater. You're wearing a yellow sweater. Super rattled. Yeah, yeah the, my yellow cow sweater, which I still have. You still have that sweater? Bro, I've never let go of that sweater. Fuck. That's I'm pretty best. sure Shannon. It's one of the best sweaters ever. The champ, okay, so Ottawa legendary merchant of sports apparel was Clubhouse. Yeah. And they had their own brand of Clubhouse like hoodies. I don't know if it was theirs or whatever, but it was any any college program you could think of, there they would have them. So like I have like a Notre Dame hoodie, I have a University of Miami hoodie, I have that University of Cal Berkeley hoodie. I have like all these different. Still, they've hold, they've held up. That's what I'm that? saying, bro. Holy. These are the best freaking uh, hoodies you've man. ever had. And that place is an Ottawa legend. And yeah. anybody who knows of it will respect that. Will respect that. That's fucking wild. Good times at your place, man. Man, that was. That was. Yeah, and then that, you went. I mean, then you went to Forest Manor. Yep. That was with Lisa. And yeah. then you moved with Horvath. Do you still talk to Horvath? I yeah, I talk to him every once in a while. He he came over a couple months ago. Does he live in Toronto? Yeah, Toronto? he lives in fucking Liberty. He lives six blocks away. What a guy, we, we rarely see each other because because life it is yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. But anyway, we got together, hung out, smoked a joint, and then shot the shit. Hey, what's new? And then for the next couple hours, we were just it's like nothing fucking changed. Yeah, Horvath and I lived downtown. Yeah, on Cumberland. Cumberland. And then I uh, moved in with Sambo and Roscoe. Yeah. And then that was after that was Hull. Then Hull the fucking like uh, Black Ladue. Black Ladue. Okay. Uh, I remember picking you up to go play soccer. Yeah. Johnny, legendary goalie. Picking you up, go play soccer all the way out, and like 30 minutes out of Ottawa. And then I would drop you back, go yeah, back home. Yeah. It was fucking good times, man. That's, that Lackaduke is going to get an entire fucking episode because that place was eight years of my life. You like the shit. Dude, the shit. I can't wait for this wait episode. For episode. Like the shit. It's, I've already heard so oh, many buddy. things. I, I I'm going to remember to do a story called, called Pool Squirrel. So that'll be a story that you'll hear on the Lack of Duke episode. Most fucked up eight years of my life. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh God. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about before before we go is, do you remember we were the last year of the winter camp? We got the winter camp canceled because of pot. We are the OGs, we my are, Yeah. We were the last the o- year to have a winter sleepaway camp at Notre Dame. We ruined it. We ruined it. But, and but in the best we way didn't possible. Rat. No one ratted. No snitching. And no one fucking no yeah. Snitching. No one snitched. No. no one fucking snitched. Which Our group. Oh, absolutely. Like we're gonna leave. Like we left a day early. Props to Adam leave. and Sambo who actually took the rat. Like they went down for the whole crew. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, did they find stems? They didn't even find. They found like no. Stems? They found papers. And I think it was I a straight bullshit lie. You could be right. Yeah, I think but it was I just stems. remember the story like when I heard it and like. I'm pretty sure like Grande and Waysman and you and like everybody heard it. What happened was they, we got caught smoking weed yeah. and not we, like me and John, like we, everybody at this winter camp, was, everyone was after smoking dinner, weed. everybody, because we were spending nights there. So after dinner, everybody went off in their little groups and smoked weed. That was the whole plan. That was yeah. the whole enjoyment of it. You're in high school. You have three days away from your family up at a winter camp. In a fucking cabin or yeah. whatever they were. Like, you're, you're fucking, they were like military barracks. Yeah, yeah. So we that's where we were. And we got caught. They came in and the fucking teacher, I can't remember his name, but he was like British or Australian. 
And he's like, Mr. Brown Graham. Yeah, Mr. BG. Mr. BG. So he fucking came in and he, as we're coming in from blazing, He's like, boys, just go in there. I'm like, oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, like because we were and all we're high. We were oh. all stoned. We're we like, right. us. We're like, it's <laughs> us. It's <laughs> us. Everyone's like, it's us. We're done. And then he's like, yeah, there's gonna be four people can smoke and dope. And every fucking dude in the room was like, oh, because <laughs> everyone did it. Yeah, exactly. So then we all, after he, after he leaves, telling us they need to fess up. Somebody's been caught. We smelled it. Blah blah blah. Everybody looked at each other in the room, <laughs> and basically at the same time, we're like, all right, so like. We all like just to be clear. Everybody here went and smoked a joint, right? Mm-hmm. And there, and then everybody basically started chuckling and laughing. And we all agreed, like nobody's saying shit, nobody's going to admit to it, nothing. Like their threat was that they were going to send us home the next day unless somebody uh, up to it. fesses up. Yeah, nobody fesses up. So the next morning, we all fired on the bus, yeah. went back, cut it a day early. We all got thrown into the auditorium together. The yeah. vice principal, uh, Mr. Veryard, he yeah. comes out. He's like, here's the situation. Nobody's fessed up unless somebody fesses up. Winter camp's canceled permanently. And everyone's like, nope. Yeah. And then somehow they got them. Somehow they got Sambo and Sheik alone. I think it's because it was Sambo and Sheik's room. Yes. They had a little corner room. They were the only ones with the room. That's where everyone went in to roll their fucking joints. I'm trying to get through this quickly, but it's an epic story. It's an epic story because they got pulled aside because they had the room together and they knew that their room was together. Yeah. And they were told, oh, we found some paraphernalia or whatever it may be. They got coerced. And they totally cracked. They got coerced. And they're like, yeah. we're caught. That's it. That's fucking Sambo. Oh, oh yeah. Fierce Sambo. He's like, like, uh, like, uh, like, like a cheat. You know, it was probably us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, whatever evidence you have. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like, you know what? I'm not going to say we did, but uh, I'm not going to say and we did. And I'm pretty sure it ended where, where like they actually got pulled out of class after being basically like, you know, charged with this allegation that yeah. they brought the weed. Yeah. And they searched, because they admitted to it. They searched their lockers? Under false pretenses. They searched each of their lockers, and I think they found in Sam or Adam's, or maybe both, in their locker, they found some weed. It, it was probably Adam. And they got suspended for a few days. Yeah, she always had a little bit of a joke. But, uh, <laughs> that was his ass. But, um, I wanted to say thanks to, thanks, Luder, for coming by. It was a lot of fun to have you on this episode. Same, bro. We could uh, we could have spent fucking hours just reminiscing about high school. Honestly, shit, we feel like your time slot really easy. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, bro. I'm yeah. honored. Uh, I want to have you back again. Too. There's more shit we can talk about fucking the Westboro Wolves years and all that kind of oh, shit. Oh, God. Um, but thank you guys once again for tuning in. This has been Chewing the Fat. I'm your host, Johnny, as you all know. And, uh... We'll see you guys all next week, and I hope you have an absolutely lovely day.